welcome to Count Creepy Head Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Blah! <laughs> Welcome to Count Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash, Episode 4, the Advanced, the Advanced Dungeons & Dragons Special, where we sort of talk about Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, and we meander into a bunch of side plots, and uh, hope you enjoy it. Get I live in going. a dungeon! Yes, of course you do! <laughs> How was your 4th of July? Creepy! Blah! Uh, Mike, mine was, was yours. Mine was tiring. <laughs> I was at work. Yep. Mine too. And that's I a great segue mine, that you uh, said. Oh, go I, ahead. Josh. I spent mine in the uh, in the in the Pikmin Labs nursing a migraine with my cats. Yay! Is it all those uh, resin fumes help the headache? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, or they just Mike, make me not care. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to get lost in your art and you can kind of forget your troubles. Um, I'd like to say when Mike said tiring, I am tired all the time. I have a job that sometimes puts me into excessive overtime. And on top of that, I am an active father. So sometimes when you're listening to the show, if there's little mistakes, it's because when I was editing them, I didn't catch them. And I finished the show. I don't listen to it another time to make sure I got everything. So you're going to hear errors from time to time. Um, if you don't like it, kiss my ass. But <laughs> I wanted to throw it out there because I listen to the show on the radio the next day after I put it up. And I catch stuff and it drives me nuts. So if there's anybody out there that's like, wait a second. You forgot to set music to the last week's episode. Or you missed a beep for some swearing. I'm uh, so sorry, but tough to deal with. Yes, this message is endorsed by Orson Welles. Thank you, Orson. I'm glad you're still haunting the podcast. So, yes, guys, always. I'm, I know I'm always it's here now. Please let me go and die in peace. I know it's a holiday weekend, and that means that the shopping's a little thin, but did you guys get anything cool this week? Mike, would yeah. you like to go first? I'll let you go first. Uh, I picked up the, um, I, don't, I don't think I mentioned this previously, and I don't remember when I got it, but I got the uh, Masterverse Battle Cap. Oh. And um, I, I gotta say, like, I'm, I'm, we'll talk about the rest of the line later on, but as far as the battle cat is concerned, uh, he's he's honestly what I imagined I was playing with as a child. It might be the perfect battle cat. Uh, I'm I'm really happy and impressed with it. It's got a really awesome, um, soft but not too soft, uh, pliable main saddle to it, and the helmet actually clips into place for once. So it doesn't I think fall it, off. Yeah, I think it might be the first time like it actually firmly and securely clips into place onto Cringor's head. And it is Cringor's face underneath. So, uh, yeah, I, I give it two super big thumbs up. That's uh, 
Other than that, I also got the, uh, I don't know if we've talked about it at all on the podcast at all, but I got one of the, uh, I know Mike did too, the Transformers, um, uh, what are they called? The fossilizers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got the last of the the three unique molds, uh, Wingfinger, which is super weird and fun. And I also formed the giant bone monstrosity, uh, the big boner, if you will. <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, as long as you have tight ports on everything, it forms a really decent combiner. Uh, on its own, it's it's just a weird, fun. I know it's supposed to be a, a pterodactyl skull, but it really looks like a weird pelican monster. It really does. Um, and and I sort of love that about it. So it's pelican ninja man. But yeah, I know you picked it up, uh, but we uh, we both got the new tiny sound wave as well. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. The uh, core class sound wave, which is also frighteningly G one accurate for a tiny little legends class transformer yeah they got as much as they could into that tiny little transformer and it's pretty awesome it's not perfect but i don't know if either of you have seen it yet but i think it was earlier today that the full trailer for the netflix transformers kingdom series dropped oh it looks looks pretty fun there's a it was really funny because I saw a lot of people posting about it online. And they were like, I wonder who the big mystery robot is. So even more so, I was intrigued, <laughs> like, I've got to watch this thing now. And I pressed play. And as soon as they showed the outline of the mystery robot, I was like, oh, duh, it's the Ark. Of course it is. Right. Let me watch live. I'll still have my Beast Wars. I don't think that's going to replace it. I don't know how they're going to do it justice with what, how many episodes is a season? 13? Seven? Oh, not, not, yeah, not even. They're, they're very short. I think they're like six episodes. Yeah. And it's the end of a trilogy, quotation fingers. I'm sure it's, uh, it's going to be the beginning of a new trilogy. <laughs> Can't wait. Cause I didn't like the, I watched two episodes of the first season and I wasn't impressed. So, really? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of the Transformers cartoons and stuff. Mm. I liked uh, Beast Wars and Beast Machines, but uh, a lot of talking, you know. Let's not go down a why Mike <laughs> is weird with Transformers road right now. But, um, to not like the Transformers is the right of all sentient beings. <laughs> I think the problem is, is when I watch, I know I'm not going to be buying a lot of the toys because I just think they're easy for me to break and expensive. So I'm excited that they have Megatron versus Megatron. But then I also know there's not going to be tiny Megatron for me to buy to fight my other tiny Megatron. So I'm talking about the dinosaur Megatron versus tank Megatron. Um, Gotcha. So because I know if I had those, I'm going to break them. And I'm not going to buy that. So, but I'll watch. I'm sure. Although they are doing the uh, the Walmart reissues of the uh, the G1 Beast Wars figures. Yeah, I'll break those too. Yeah, I saw <laughs> that. Honestly, some of those look really fun. Like I never got into the the Beast Wars when they were out, but 
like some of the reissues look really cool. Some hold up. I mean, Megatron is really cool. Um, I don't think they'll ever re-release him, but like uh, Dragon Megatron is always one of those like top ten Transformers for a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. um, same thing for like Optimal Optimus. Um, some of that like third year Beast Wars stuff is always really cool. But uh, Mike, what did you get this week? I I actually didn't get a whole heck of a lot this week. Um, I did, however, buy one of the uh, the Snapships toys. The uh, they I don't know if, if you guys are. Well, I know Josh. I know you're familiar with it, but they're um, like little, almost like model kits, but they're toys. Um, you kind of just pop them together in different v- configurations and make like a little spaceship, and they come with. Uh, a few little figurines. The only reason I bought it was because it was six bucks. It's normally a twenty dollar toy, and I had bought two of the smaller ones before just to check out because they reminded me of. Uh, I wish I could remember the name of it. I think it was like it was something like Realms of Power or Power Realms. It was an '80s toy line that were big, like polygonal spaceships that you could kind of snap together, and they had these tiny little red or blue pilots. Yeah. And, uh, me and my brother loved those toys. And th- this reminded me a lot of that. And I was like, for $6, you know, this this big $20 set? Yeah, sure, why not? And it's a lot of fun. Like, I, it's really fun to, like, pop them apart and put them together in new configurations. So I don't think the line really took off since I'm seeing a lot of them on clearance. But it's kind of a shame because it's, it's a fun toy line. Yeah, well, and six it was, bucks is six bucks. Yeah. It was, a really, it was a really fun concept in general. Mm-hmm. And those little figures are actually pretty cool for how tiny they are. Do they move or are they just static? They bend at the waist. Like they got like a little ball joint at the waist so you can sit them in the ship or stand them up. That's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, and they're like, they're super small. Um, But yeah, it's it's a fun toy line. I I do have some stuff coming next week, but uh, my orders were delayed. So (laughs) maybe next episode. I opened a bunch of stuff that I bought a long time ago. Like, I never opened them. Like, I've been sitting on them because I don't have anywhere to put them. Um, but I had my friend come over, um, who I promised I'd let him come on the show. Um, his name is Henry. He's my wife's godson. And he's one of my best friend's sons. And he's a monster kid, but he's an actual kid still. And he wanted, like, his first summer job. So I said, listen, man. I'll pay you if you come over and like help me set my toys up and dust them and do stuff like that that I hate doing. Um, so he was like, are you serious? And I was like, I got two years worth of toys that need to be opened. So come on down. And he sat on the floor. It was like, you know, he thinks working is going to be like this his whole life. And, I, you know, I kept trying to break it to him like, no, real jobs suck. but you know he was thrilled to like open up four years of marvel legends and uh aliens toys that i didn't get opened yet and he opened up at a bunch of the neca megos and he was just like oh my god this is awesome so you'd open it up move it around and i'd be like kind of just set it up over there i'll fix it later and then i was like we're gonna move the gremlins collection from this shelf to this shelf do them one at a time so it's basically like doing all the work while i sit around and drink coffee so, for my ego, it was pretty cool. Um, and hey, kid got paid to play with toys, so. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, hopefully I made a good impression. While he did that, I opened up the the Super 7 Turtle stuff that I got, finally. Um, of the three that I opened up, I think I like Baxter the most. And it's not taking anything away from Mutagen Man, but 
good god they put a lot of detail into the baxter he's really sweet they really did that's um, a great figure and then just because i was on the road working a 13-hour day and i needed something to like help me deal with my stress i went into a five below and bought i've never played the game but you know those overwatch toys from hasbro oh yeah have, like, oh yeah the, the marvel legends articulation um so I was hoping to find like a Fortnite guy because you said Mike, you you found some in uh, Niagara Falls. So I was like, I just want a little guy with a gun. I'll spend five bucks. They didn't have any of those, but they had some of the bigger Fortnite guys. So I got Soldier seventy six. He sort of looked cool. He's got a mask and he comes with a huge gun. Uh, oh, I, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what that is. Unfortunately, he can't hold the gun because his hand is bigger than the handle on the gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, there are some cool missiles that you can shoot out of the gun, but again, he can't hold the gun. So I 3D printed a <laughs> space pistol thing. That's what he's got right now. And he's just okay. He, uh, something I hate that toys do. They gave him tons of articulation in his legs, but then hindered that articulation with a gun holster or like a dress or a skirt like, why even yeah. bother wasting the tooling if you can't move those parts anyways? So yeah. he's got a wide range of motion that you can't use unless you take a pair of scissors and cut this plastic belt off, which yep. I have been tempted to do several times now. I've actually done that with several figures. Uh, the one that, that bugged me the most was the Rise of Cobra Storm Shadow, which I loved the look of that character. But they put that really like thick, rubbery skirt around his legs. So, I mean, he's a ninja that can barely move his friggin' legs. Um, so I took an X-Acto knife and actually just kind of ran along the seam of the skirt and, like, cut lines in it so you could actually pose the legs. So it still looks fine when you're just standing him there, but you can actually put him in a kicking pose and all that. Um, but, yeah, Overwatch, that whole line was plagued with that type of stuff. Where Because I have a bunch of them. I got a, a ton of them on clearance, like super dirt cheap. And um, they're really fun figures, but there's just so many problems with the hands are too thick where they can't hold the weapons because uh, they got gloves on their hands. And it's just they didn't think it through with the, the, the weapons or they have like a sniper scope. But because of the weird like capes and skirts and belts, they can't put both arms on the gun to hold it in like a rifle pose. Yeah. You know, it's so many annoying, but I will say that the shining piece of that collection is Reinhardt. Um, yep. That huge, oh my God, I, I got him for like 20 bucks. He's like a $50 figure, but he's so freaking massive. Like it's, he's, he's basically a giant robot that fights my other toys. <laughs> so, but he's cool. He's got a giant war hammer. So that's fun. I missed him and uh, I'm okay with missing him, but good God, he's a cool looking toy. Oh yeah, man. There are so many so many toys that I will go for in a heartbeat if they're like big monstrous and cheap. Yep. Oh yeah. Same. Well, that's, that's why I got into these. Cause I had no desire. I don't play the game. You know, I have tons of friends who play the game, but I just, I've never got into it. I always thought the designs were cool, but I wasn't going to drop 20, you know, 20 to $50 on any of them, but six bucks, five bucks, <laughs> 20 bucks for a $50 figure. Absolutely. <laughs> being cheap makes any toy fun and it also made me mad that i can't walk into dollar general and get more of uh, final faction because the second assortment hasn't come out yet 
Oh, those are such fun figures. Because I would just yeah. be like, oh, commando guy with whatever, robot dog. It's a buck. I'm doing it. <laughs> I should have signed Dollar General and bought some BotBots. That would have probably made me happy. And I think they, what was it? A couple of days ago, I think on Instagram, they revealed that one of the other Wave 2 figures will have a uh, a hood with a face swap action. For so there are two different... There, there are two different faces on the same head, so you can basically just turn the head around oh, and have either one of the alien faces or a human face. I've heard also that they're doing bigger sets of vehicles. They're going to be at, like, Family Dollar. Like, other different dollar chains owned by Dollar Tree are going to be getting bigger sets. Ooh. Yeah. You know, I really hope this line continues to do well because it's... I mean, yeah, they're cheaply made, but they're just fun figures, and they're dirt cheap. Well, you guys heard me mentioning uh, my friend Henry. He got done working, and he was like, hey, can I just take your uh, Landered Alien toys down and play with them? And he got Castle Grayskull out, and he was just goofing around, and I was like, go for it, man. And um, he's like, do you have any jabronis for me to like have the aliens kill? And I was like... Actually, I do. <laughs> I got the final faction guys out, and he was just having a blast. So uh, if you don't have G.I. Joe's on the ready or the core, which haven't really been around uh, mm-hmm. for like the last year, those are perfect. In my oh, opinion, man, the core better. The core, you can't. They used to be a Walmart, but not anymore. So yeah. I think they got replaced by the aliens and the predator toys, which is fine by me. I just kind of wish when they did those like the sets with the alien and a generic marine they gave you a better looking core figure instead of just like those five points of articulation army man um they could have yeah. there was like one core guy i think they could just repaint they've got like a dozen guys there that they repaint over and over again i think they could have done that anyway uh so more sponsor news i have been hunting for Anybody and everybody who will slip us a couple bucks to kind of plug or promote their projects. And this week, um, I found this strange, I think he's German. He's got this like indistinguishable accent. He definitely doesn't sound like he's from here. Uh, He wants to get a day by day calendar off the ground with daily inspirational quotes. Um, I told him that you're trying to sell a calendar on a show that talks about horror movie stuff and toys and nerdy things, uh, that it may not be the best idea. He didn't really understand anything. And he just gave me some money to try to promote it. So I sat down with him with a tape recorder and he recorded some, uh, of his inspirational wisdom and him just kind of babbling. It goes all over the place, but if you guys like it, um, it's Mr. Herzog's daily inspirational Zen Center, also located at the flea market up on Route 17, uh, right there with Aunt Mabel. And uh, it's not in a Pizza Hut, it's in an abandoned Kmart. But uh, give it a listen and give him your patronage if you are interested. Did I ever tell you about the time that I was panning? At Copesagan Creek. It was the luckiest day of my life. And it had absolutely nothing to do with the gold I found. Or the existential peace that the panning had granted me. You see, 
something awful and strange nudged my toe. And when I reached down to see what it was, I was mystified. I was absorbed by what was in the water. It was something that made me the richest man that ever was. You would believe I found an entire bottle of the retired McDonald's Chezvan sauce. I kept it to myself for years. I sustained my life on it. It kept me from feeling existential dread. It kept me feeling warmth and joy in times of need. Also, it tastes very nice on chickens. Okay. What the f*** was that? Oh my um, god. I'm glad I, I muted. Well, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take that advice to heart, Mr. Herzog. Uh, thank you for that. Oh, Werner. Szechuan sauce. Wasn't that some sort of promotion with Mulan? Yeah, and then Rick and, and Morty. Yeah, wasn't it just essentially soy sauce and the people got in a fight for it? No, it was... Honestly, it tasted like just weird chemicals to me. Like, it didn't taste good. <laughs> it's like... What was it? It's it's a mix of... I want to say it's a mix of the McDonald's, like, teriyaki sauce and barbecue sauce. Yeah. <laughs> didn't it have, like some, like, some hoisin sauce in it or something like that? It might have. I've got, I've actually got two unopened packets of it on top of my microwave. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember uh, falling for the promotional material with everyone like flipping out about it. I'm like, all right, if I happen to go to McDonald's and they happen to have it, I'm going to get it. So I got nuggets in the Szechuan sauce and I'm like, all right, let me see what all the hubbub is about. I took one bite and was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> This is terrible. You know what yeah, was equally terrible? Reaction. If we're going to talk about McDonald's, uh, last summer they had their like spicy hot nuggets. Mm-hmm. And the dipping sauce that was supposed to counteract it, but it was just equally hot. So you had hot on top of hot <laughs> with a scolding hot chicken nugget. And it was the kind of hot that was hot coming out. So <laughs> they encouraged you to get the meal, which was like an eight piece. And I just went there on lunch and I was like, yeah, man, I like Buffalo sauce. I'm from Western New York. Let's do it. And I was like, I, my eyelids were sweating, which is my indicator that's way too hot to eat. I powered through it. And then later in the day, I got explosive volcanic diarrhea <laughs> that just scorched me. Um, so, yeah. Be careful if, what McDonald's is advertising. If you like uh, hot food, but are, are willing to be, are, are, if you like hot food and if you're a gambling man, get the Nashville hot wings from Wegmans because they're really tasty. But one wing will just be like, oh, this is a very good peppery hot sauce. Then the next wing is atomic fire that will make your eyes hurt. It's like you never know what you're going to get. And yeah, the, the, the next day is not pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> or later that evening. <laughs> I can't do Wegmans chicken wings. Uh, when I worked there, way, way back when, if you work certain hours, if you're around when the pizza department was closing at my store, they would just give you free pizza because it was going to get thrown away or free wings. So 
I went through a period where I wouldn't have to make myself or buy myself dinner because I would just eat Wegman's leftovers that were going to get thrown out. So it'd be like rotisserie chickens and uh, pizza and wings that were a little old, but I was also like in my early 20s and broke. And right. uh, I can't stand their wings now because I just had way too many of them. Uh, That's fair. <laughs> I, you know, I and then, you know, I've done that with foods before. I can afford good wings up here and I know the difference. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so. Uh, Man, good, so, good wings are hard to find down here. Like true good wings. Yeah, but you've oh, got like, good barbecue. Yeah, it's a trade-off. Because there's no good barbecue up here and there's not good Mexican either. So anytime I'm down in Texas, I always have to get like a brisket. Or if I'm lucky enough to be by like an actual... Uh, Mexican food stand, I, I totally indulge because you know what do we have Chipotle and if you're lucky like your your local towns Jose Joe's whatever mm -hmm. and uh, you're rolling the dice then so um, as a La Guerrera in Niagara Falls is, is really good um, but it's yeah I mean it's not it doesn't I'm sure it doesn't shake a <laughs> shake a stick at actual Mexican bar or Mexican food down in uh, Texas or Mexico. Yeah, let me let me tell you the the taco stands down here are life changing. Yeah, <laughs> I can only imagine. No, I want tacos. I know, Thanks, me Josh. too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys ready for the news and your colorful commentary on it? Sure. Announced. Ah, this that's week. the power of love. That's right. Wait, that's uh, the wrong news. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I didn't write this down, but I just kind of caught wind of it. I'm trying to get the guy to come on the show. I've reached out to him twice, but he hasn't gotten back to me yet. Uh, somebody bought the prototypes for or one of them. You remember the Max FX line from the eighties? It had just Freddie. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. You could dress up like a Ken doll as Freddie Krueger. And then the back of the box, they had a bunch of other figures that were supposed to come out, but never came out. Uh, there was like an alien and then like a vampire and a werewolf. Uh, this guy has the werewolf Ooh. that he bought from a private collector. And it's part it's like his one of his crown jewels in his collection. He's on uh, all over Facebook. He kind of just pops up and like, look what I have. And he shows off his stuff. Uh, he's got a really big leprechaun collection. But I saw that. So uh, if that one exists, the other ones are out there somewhere. I'm sure uh, I just haven't seen who has them. And who's talking about them? Because I always thought the alien was very cool. Um, so that's pretty cool news that's out there. Uh, Josh, I know this pisses you off. The MODOK World Domination PulseCon exclusive with the captain, who is a character I did not know about that uh, I had to look up. And he's one of those offshot Marvel universes from a title I've never read. Uh, where he's like a, I, I'm assuming he's British version of Captain America. I'm probably wrong, but uh, he comes with that. And Modoc as Elvis with some sort of telekinetic hamburger accessory and a microphone. Looks super cool, but you got to buy Modoc a second time to get the face. And I really, I wish they had just included that weird Elvis face with the standard release. Like, I get it. They got to do something weird for an exclusive, but Modoc is already a pricey figure. 
Like he's he's fifty bucks. Yeah. Yep. And for anyone that like went and bought him for fifty bucks now to to get one that's just slightly different with a new Malibu Stacy hat is just a kick in the teeth. With the head that arguably everybody be putting on him to begin with. Yep. You know, that's the one everybody would want. Um, especially if you're kind of a a diehard Marvel Legends collector, you've got the old Modoc, and this would be a reason to display them both. Is if you right. had Elvis Modoc. Um I got lucky in that I was waiting for him to go on sale or get clearanced, and I haven't pulled the trigger on him yet, so I might get this PulseCon exclusive. Um, I mean, you guys know what happens. You've got to be a member of Hasbro Pulse to get first access to these exclusives. And then if there's any left, the general public can get them. I let my subscription expire because it's like 70 bucks. Yeah, it's stupid. All it gets you is free shipping for toys that pop up in the stores before they pop up at Hasbro Pulse anyways. They haven't done any good exclusives, really. Um, so it's just cheaper for me to pay the shipping for the stuff that I do get the one or two exclusives a year. So, um, if that's the only Marvel exclusive that's coming out this year, if there's not some sort of big comic con box set that they usually do, um, I'm hoping I'm okay. Cause usually they have some sort of, they had the hellfire club last year. Uh, there's been hints that there's some sort of, uh, Excalibur set that's coming out. I hope it's just, they're, kind of sneaking guys into x-men waves we'll see but um i'll take that modok if i got the money we'll see uh the NECA boys from the t- the amazon show the boys which is homelander and starfire starfire starlight, starlight. i'm sorry yeah. and the two exclusive target king kong figures are now available for pre-order and I'm guessing they'll be popping up at the other retailers. So the two Kongs you might see at Walmart and the boys figures you will see at Target. Um, not mentioned is the McCready thing figure and the color Frankenstein. I have seen Frankenstein up for pre-order on Entertainment Earth. I have not seen anything for McCready yet. Uh, if you want him, he's kind of an easy pass for some people. NECA also let it slip on their Twitter that... They have a spider head sculpted that's coming out with something. Yeah, I saw that. As we speculated, there is more thing stuff coming. Um, My guess is another McCready, but I could be wrong. You never know. NECA once in a while kind of surprises you, but they're going to reuse that sculpt as much as humanly possible. Uh, What else is going on? Super 7 has showed off the entire wave of their Mighty Morphin Power Wave. Mighty Morphin power ranger figures uh and they're a big disappointment in my opinion because they lack articulation seriously and for the most part they're not doing anything hasbro hasn't done better and cheaper uh goldar looks pretty nice and the tyrannosaurus rex zord looks cool but he does not form a larger megazord figure so he's probably the only standout in the ways. But if you want Tommy, he comes with an extra set of arms and a different head. So you can have good Tommy or bad Tommy, which they've made both from Hasbro already. Uh, the Yellow Ranger comes with both actresses that played the Yellow Ranger's heads. Uh, but they lack double elbows. They lack double knees. 
Uh, so you're definitely going to be struggling to get kind of poses with your Power Rangers that you can get with the Hasbro toys. Something I was hoping that they would do, but they didn't, is they don't have the Japanese actors that played these guys, the Super Sentai mm-hmm. actors under the helmets, which I thought would have been a cool touch that might have sucked me in. Uh, and that's something that I'm surprised Super 7 didn't do. That's up their alley, but they didn't. So it's kind of a, a hard pass. There's also the putty that comes with some extra outfits to dress them up from random uh, Saban episodes where they have like a football outfit and a disguise. You know, it's cool, but I don't think it's $55 plus $20 shipping cool. Uh, That's just my opinion when you can get the very same figures with a few of the accessories missing from Hasbro and they can do tons of crazy poses and they're really high quality figures. So as much as I'm a Super 7 apologist, these guys like the uh, Silverhawks are kind of uh, dud. So I, I'm not sure what the hell they're doing uh, with this. I think their their heart's in the right place, but Hasbro beat them to the punch big time. Uh, there is a NECA premium for, format Fawn figure from Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, this time with an updated digital paint scan on the Fawn and the little girl. Ophelia. Ophelia from Pan's Labyrinth. I'm not the biggest fan of the movie. Um, I love it. I have this weird thing that happens with me and... Oh, God, what's the director? I'm drawing a blank suddenly. Uh, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, Guillermo (laughs) del Toro. I like every other Guillermo del Toro movie for whatever reason. So I loved Pacific Rim, one of my favorite movies. And then I was kind of ho-hum on... Uh, shape of water i love all the suit work i love the effects but the movie itself is kind of mad for me same thing for pan's labyrinth i love all the doug jones stuff but i kind of just fell flat with the plot um having said that i might get this i bought the um devil's backbone set and it's a very good figure so this is the you have, I have, you the, have... Uh, the first releases of the Fawn and Ophelia, and yeah. they're they're really, really gorgeous figures. See, I, I just have the Pale Man, so this set I might get. I'm really mad that I missed out on the Devil's Backbone piece, because like I saw it once at Target, and the box was crushed to hell. And I'm like, uh, I'm not running the risk of like getting this and having the figure be broken in some way. So, but... Yeah, I I really liked the the Pal Man figure that I got, so I I, I kind of want to get the the set. You know, I'm thinking out loud. I don't think they could do it because I feel like we'd see it by now. Um, well, Mimic is a possibility, I guess, but I wonder if they could do the Blade Two Reapers. Like, I wonder if Marvel would be like, nobody's interested in this. Go ahead, because uh, those were great designs too. They really. That's were. a good question. Um. Also, further to that point, I mean, I love the Mezco Hellboy stuff, but I would maybe buy NECA Hellboy figures if they made them. You know, now that I think about it, no. I think Mezco hit that one out of the park. Um, yeah, they really did. The first movie figures are amazing. So those are coming out. We have, back to Hasbro, a PulseCon exclusive animated Venom. Uh, from the Spider-Man animated series 
A lot of people are, are upset about this because of his price point and the fact that if you look closely, they cut a lot of corners and they have some exposed ports where a cape would go into the bulk body that they used for Venom. And it is the body that's normally found most recently on the Thunderbird figure from uh, X-Men who had a cape. So on his shoulders, there's these two giant pig holes and yep. um, makes him look like garbage. And because the cost of materials is rising, people are like, I'm not paying that much for which is basically a regular Marvel Legend figure. I think he looks amazing. I love mm-hmm. the orange and blue paint accents on him. So I might get him because I like buying anything Venom. Um, but wait and see. It might be something like if it comes out and there's a sale at GameStop or something uh, from Marvel stuff for that week, I might get it if the price goes down a little bit. Um, it's a very pretty looking figure. It's yeah. gorgeous. If you if, can look past some of the flaws, it's really good. If I were a mint on card collector, I would probably get it because the the old school packaging design along with the, the cartoon colors of it, I really do like the look of the, the whole aesthetic of it packaged. But I don't know if I'm willing to buy that much for something I'm going to hang on my wall or spend that much for something I'm going to hang on my wall. Yeah, it's they're very sturdy, too. So uh, they kind of a lot of people don't realize that I think they're meant to be kept in the packaging um we have let's see walmart is the exclusive retailer for the completed king shark build a figure from mcfarland toys which um a lot of people are kind of complaining about but i think it's a good idea because he is the standout from that movie and if you kind of take a close look at uh the rest of the figures they don't really have any kind of likeness um, so I think like another, like the John Cena peacemaker figures, uh, an easy pass. So is Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whoever the hell Idris Elba's playing, um, I don't need them, but King shark is pretty cool. He comes with like body parts you can chew on and he's voiced by Sylvester Stallone, which is sort of, you know, pretty neat. Uh, also, and he's a giant man shark. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's a pretty brilliant marketing move from McFarlane because, I mean, you look at it this way. If you're if you really want the Suicide Squad figures, you're getting King Shark for free if you buy the figures. If you just want King Shark, like I'm assuming all three of us do, um, then you have that option as well. So either way, he's getting your money. Like, yeah, that's a really smart move. I, I honestly wish Marvel, uh, you know, or Hasbro would do that more with Marvel Legends. I know they have been doing some with like the um, like Kingpin and the the Venom. Um, was it Monster Venom or whatever it was? They've been been repackaging them and selling them at a higher price point, which I again, I think that's really smart to do because there's a lot of people like me who would want to build a figure more than anything else and would spend the money to get it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so, and I think he's only like 50 bucks, which all things considered is pretty cool. Um, also from McFarlane, I read somewhere and then the news got deleted that it was a target exclusive, but there's a bloody cabal figure coming from Mortal Kombat. Uh, if you've been buying the Mortal Kombat figures, they're not bad. So if you want a bloody version of him, he's coming out. Um, I think he's a wide release. Uh, there is... 
from the Predator 2 stuff that they're doing all year this year from NECA, which is good because it's given my wallet a break, the NECA Ultimate Warrior Predator, which is the same figure that came out previously with some better joints in a few spots, an unmasked head and a gigantic spear axe thing that NECA kind of made up. Uh, this is cool from Super 7. I know we've been shitting on them nonstop, but the Bloody Lawgiver figure from their reaction Planet of the apes line so if you've seen oh i can't remember escape from planet of the apes maybe that's totally wrong one of the later planet of the apes movies they have the lawgiver statue and there's a big finale where he cries tears and bleeds um they've released him clean previously now there is a bloody version that's coming out and if you've got the other reaction stuff it's kind of a must-have and it's a cool figure to have and lastly, shown um, in the Hasbro Mighty Morphin Power Rangers news reveals, iGuy, who is cool because he's a giant pile of eyeballs. Not so cool in that Hasbro barely put any paint on him at all. Yeah. So he just looks like a big pile of toothpaste with some eyeballs in it. Uh, he yep. definitely he needs a paint wash badly. And it's not something where... It's he looked like that on the show. It's just Hasbro cutting corners for whatever reason. Um, I can only guess is that it's a unique sculpt and they can't get their money out of it. But I'm not sure 100 percent. That's coming out later this year and it looks awesome. If you've got the other figures, I think it's totally worth your money. Oh, also, uh Jumping back to NECA for just a moment, starting to hit shelves now, uh, are the uh, Puppet Master 2-packs. Yes, those are coming out, and I they I know that they announced them this way, and it blew right, it went one ear out the other. Blade and Torture in one pack, and Pinhead and Tunneler in, are in the other pack. And for whatever reason in my mind... I thought they separated Blade and Torch because those are like the really cool ones and Pinhead and Tunneler aren't. But I think that's just my personal opinion. That's like packaging Wolverine and Spider-Man together. And then you have, you know, Longshot and Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. But, no, I, I have to agree with you. I like, I, I feel like it would have made sense to split them up because they are arguably the more popular two of the four they're releasing. Exactly. Yeah. Although uh, to, to be fair, I'm, I'm a huge pinhead fan. Like I I've always loved the, I've always loved him in the movies. Like he always cracks me up because it's just like, he runs up and just chokes people and you can tell it's just an actor holding this dummy on them. <laughs> and it always makes me laugh. Everything. Oh God. Puppet Master, just in general. I love them all. I just, yeah. I wonder, like, how NECA can keep it going. Like, how far are they going to go? Are they going to do, like, Mephesto? Right. Are we going to get, you know, Decapitron? Oh, God, I hope so. Uh, yeah. Are we going to get, like, can I replace all my Full Moon toys through these guys? Or are they going to kind of, you know, run out of steam pretty quickly and move on? I hope at the very least we get up through part three. Because I would love to have, like, the full set. Like, I want Jester. I want Leech Woman. Um, I would love to get Six Shooter. 
you know, I, I would like to at least have that that core group. Like, yeah, Decapitron would be freaking awesome. Um, I would love to get the totems from four and five. But uh, yeah, after that, like some of the designs get a little where I could care less. Um, like once we get into like retro Puppet Master with like Dr. Death and like the wooden tunneler, I'm like, eh, whatever. Um, yeah, I would be I would be all over both six shooter and jester. Yeah, same. But what about, you know, when they fight Nazis and there's a werewolf and there's a woman with guns in her boobs because Charlie <laughs> Band. <laughs> well, I hey, know. wait a second. That was Austin Powers. <laughs> the uh, oh God, were the Fembots? Forgot the name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's a man, baby. <laughs> the the axis of evil and uh, those puppet masters they definitely jumped the shark back and forth. Like it wasn't just one jumping of the shark. They just kept going back and forth. It's um, a Nazi baby. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed when they were fighting the Nazis in part three. I thought that was pretty awesome when they made the puppets good, but uh, yeah, it peaks at part three. Yeah. See, I really enjoyed part four and five for what they were. Um, as a kid, I should say, I haven't really enjoyed anything past part three as an adult. Yeah, um, same. And even part <clears throat> one through three as an adult, it's like, wow, there's some really bad moments in these. Um, but I remember four and five, I really liked. I loved that. I forget his name, but the the weird demonic like overlord that sends the totems out to the, you know, to fight the puppets. Um, just like uh-huh. he was such a weird monster. <laughs> I was like, yeah, and what is it? He gets recycled in other full moon stuff, and you can clearly tell he's just a prop on somebody's shoulders. He looks like a a guar, yes, yeah, kind yes. of creation. Um, so yeah, fun. his mouth doesn't open. Yep. Yeah. He, oh, he's uh, totally got McFarlane mouth. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. totally like a McFarlane monster design, where it's like, how the hell is that thing talking? Yikes. Um, well, that's it for news. We have another inspirational message from our friend, Mr. <coughs> Herzog. And after that, we are going to continue with the show. So enjoy a word from our sponsors. What you see before you is an 11 pound ham in the whole slab. It has no bones fat or connective tissue it is an amalgamation of the meat of several pigs emulsified liquefied strained and ultimately inexorably joined into an unholy meat obelisk god had no hand in the creation of this abhorrence the fact that this ham monolith exists proves that God is either impotent to alter his universe or ignorant to the horrors taking place in his kingdom. This prism of pork is more than deli meat. It is a physical declaration of mankind's contempt for the natural order. It is a hubris of manifest. We also have a lower sodium variety if you would prefer one with less salt. Oh, you okay? Yeah, 
Yeah, I kind of love that one. We also have the low sodium variety. <laughs> I just picture like going to get lunch at Burger King, and there's Warner Herzog doing something Warner Herzog-y. <laughs> we also have the low sodium variety. All right. If you look very closely at the Whopper, you will see what reminds you of the outline of a shining sun dancing before the sky above your head. What you're feeling is not, in fact, a light, but your arteries slowly clogging from the grease of the Burger King fries you have eaten prior to the Whopper. (laughs) Oh, man. I cannot advise that you eat at Burger King, especially knowing that McDonald's has specially formulated straws meant to give you more bubbles as you drink the Coke products. And who doesn't like having tiny bubbles fill their mouth with joy? The popping sensation is like the popping of corn kernels reminding you that everything is as simple as popped corn on the stove as you sit to watch and relax and enjoy a movie. You should save these, Josh. <laughs> I just came back and heard more Werner, and I was like, oh, shit, I better pause. <laughs> Are you guys ready to play a game? Sure. So, fun fact, I forgot to prepare for this game, and I was doing it as Josh was rambling on about his love of Burger King products. So, (laughs) what we're going to do... It's a great company. I had it for lunch, man. They're, you know, their chicken fries aren't that bad. Um, What I did is I went on eBay, and I thought, let's find out currently what's worth more. And I'm going to try to stump you guys. I went on sold listings, and uh, I'm going to give you guys something where, you you know, maybe I can trick you. I have three, and uh, we can just kind of do a gentleman's bet. So I went on eBay exactly five minutes ago and checked the prices on some items. Sold listings. I am not counting shipping. So are you ready for the first one? Winner, uh, winner gets to pick the toy line again or whatever. Bragging rights. Games are fun. Yeah. <laughs> what sold for more money? Movie Maniac Series 1 Jason or NECA's first release of the New Blood Jason? I'm going to go New Blood. non-bloody Jason. Regular Jason. I'm also going to say NECA. Yeah. Yes, always agree. You're right. So, Movie Maniacs Jason still surprisingly cheap at fifteen fifty. New Blood God, Jason damn. is dropped drastically because the new one's coming out, and he's only thirty bucks. Was the most recent sale, but still pretty damn good figure if you like static poses. Um, well worth your time. This one, I think, is going to catch you guys. A mint in box Fortress of Fangs which is going to be discussed a little bit later as we talk about the LJN Advanced Dungeons & Dragons line. Or a Mint in Box Eternia playset from Masters of the Universe. 
Oh. What's worth more money? I'm gonna say Eternia. You know what? Just for the just for the show, I, I will I will say Fortress of Fangs. Extremely close. So Eternia is never mint in box. It never happens. One in a beat to hell box, but good enough sold for about four thousand dollars. Fortress of Fangs mint in box. $3,500. Oh. <laughs> that is how much those playsets are worth, which is ridiculous. Um, it's insane. Uh, I thought Fortress of Fangs would be like 400 I didn't think it was going to get that high, but uh, the times are changing. See, the only reason I, I knew Fortress of Fangs was going to be really expensive is I recently saw a uh, auction for just the box, and it was water damaged and beat to hell. And it was several hundred dollars. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still mad that I got rid of mine because it's an amazing Same. place. Up. But we'll talk about that when we talk about Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. So one Josh, zero Mike. This one is fun. What's worth more money? Full Moon Toys Pinhead from the 90s or... The NECA Real Toys first release, Pinhead, from Hellraiser. Both mint on cards. Which one do you guys think is selling for more? I'm going to go Hellraiser. Uh, I was about to go Full Moon, so. Okay. You guys ready? The NECA Hellraiser goes for $32, which surprises me because those figures are great. And that is surprising. You could argue that better than the current Hellraiser product um, with Pinhead. Now, if you go outside of Pinhead to the other Cenobites, prepare to fork over some money. And Full Moon's Pinhead Puppet Master toy goes for 42 Wow. So, Josh, congratulations. Me. You won best two out of three. Uh, I was very surprised too, but there is a very strange collector's market for those full moon toys, puppet master toys. I know because my wife got into them briefly and I was trying to find them as a gift for her. And mm. once you get into all those fun repaints, like Halloween pinhead where he's wearing an orange sweater, uh, oh, yeah, I they're not about that. They're very weird. Like quotation marks, Japanese exclusives. They had hundreds and hundreds of variants. They put McFarlane to shame. <laughs> uh, with the amount of like repainting and funny exclusives and something like Castle Freak, I think mm -hmm. they repainted that toy a dozen times with just weird colors and glow in the dark and blood splatter and you name it, they milked those sculpts to death. But that is worth more. And the main reason I, I thought it wouldn't be is because I used to see those those figures on clearance all the time. Like, yeah. I remember, like, when Tower Records was uh, was still a thing, <laughs> you know, like, they had them on clearance. Media Play always had them clearanced, you know, so it's like, that's why I was like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, I know there's a collector's market for it, but, I mean, come on, Hellraiser. So, yeah, no, I was wrong. That's, that's insane. I still won't pay full price for them because there's a lot of, like, hole-in-the-wall comic book shops that I know I can go to and still find some. <laughs> yeah, and they'll be, yeah, like, you know. be, like, 15 to $20 still. Yeah. Right. With a layer which, of thick dust on top. 
that's the only reason that I haven't pulled the trigger on a Castle Freak. I really need to get a Castle Freak uh, figure. Oh. I want the one that has the bag on his head. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I look into it like maybe twice a year and then don't find it or it's too much money. And then I just give up. So <laughs> old Dickless Georgie. <laughs> Dickless Georgie gives chase. Okay, we're going to have another quick word from our sponsors, and then we're going to have some Return of Living Dead talk. You promised yourself you'd do something someday. Now you can keep your promise. It doesn't take much to help the needy children trapped in the ball pit of your local Chuck E. Cheese. Just $20 a month and a lot of love. That's all you need. To be a save the children of the ball pit sponsor. This is not a handout. It is a hand up. Little cups of soda. Small square slices of pizza. And occasionally a bag of chips split between four children. For only 65 cents a day. You'll help make the changes that last a lifetime. Experience the joy of keeping a very important promise before all of the children are fed to the rogue animatronics that are kept in the back that they promise don't really exist, but they really do. Okay, and we're back. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh, 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 man. Dude, I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> the ball pit. I'm like, oh god. I'm glad I'm oh, that's muted. Amazing. Oh, I I pulled I pulled up actual save save the children dialogue, and <laughs> and at the same time, like right below it, it was advertising like a, oh. a Chuck E. Cheese commercial, and I was like, oh god, oh god, this is perfect. <laughs> The little oh. square slices of pizza. Oh, Lord. You know what? We haven't had an anecdote, and I just remembered one. So, you know how I guys kind of, I often allude that my childhood was a little sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I would go to Chuck E. Cheese as a kid in the 80s with my brother. And uh, something my father would do would just be like he'd just drop us off and figure it out you know he'd give you like five bucks and that was like what you would have to <laughs> to play with me and my brother figured out that if you go in the ball pit and fish the bottom of the ball pit it was just coated in tokens because kids would jump in the ball pit and they would fall out of their pockets mm -hmm. or they would put them in like there was this thing at our chuck e cheese they had a chicken that would like move slowly and cluck and it would spit out a plastic egg, and you would get a junkie prize inside. Oh, God, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. The chicken machine. So you'd always find those, and they'd be full of kids' tokens. Uh, but the downside, also at the bottom of the ball pit, was, like, crusty turds and pee. Urine. Yeah. And urine. So me and my brother would have a blast at Chuck E. Cheese, but we would smell horrible from fishing the bottom of the ball pit for free tokens. So oh, yeah. we were those kids with like no shame. <laughs> like, 
I remember specifically going there one time, like, we're going to beat the Simpsons arcade game. Yes, we're finally going to do it. <laughs> and we went to the ball pit, got like fistfuls of tokens and beat the game and then smelt our hands afterward. We're like, oh, God, because we just smelt disgusting from <laughs> touching the bottom of the ball pit, which was carpeted. I, uh, oh, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Never changed Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and I also remember that chicken machine would give you the die-cast Empire Strikes Back miniature Star Wars figures that came out oh, way, wow. way back. Ours had those. And I remember getting, like, a Hoth soldier and, like, a Wampa and being like, what? I still have a whole bunch of Yeah. Yeah. Those were cool. Uh, I think they were lead, you know probably the only downside but oh yeah <laughs> whatever uh so something that i like to do that i mentioned last episode is i like to kind of think out loud about a toy to see if josh will make it like if i could plant a seed um this is paying homage to that i in no way expect josh to make this but he has a brain for like oh you could do this and do that and july 3rd was an unofficial holiday for the movie Return of Living Dead because it takes place on July 3rd, kind of like how people have made uh, their own Alien Day. Yes. The same way on April 23rd. 24th. 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 LV 26th. Yeah. yeah. Uh, same thing. So I was watching it and I was thinking like, can you realistically make this a toy line using the logic of having a one-to-one human character to zombie character ratio? So a problem with any toy line is if you have too much of one thing and not enough of another, the balance is thrown off and the line fails. Um, So if you make Ninja Turtles with all villains and no Ninja Turtles, it's not going to work. Or um, Star Wars with too many heroes, not enough villains, that kind of thing. By my math, you can pull it off if you made all the main characters... You can have enough zombies to kind of match up with them to theoretically have a human zombie two pack combination. So it's sort of doable if you use your imagination. Josh, hmm. what, do you, what do you think? Because a problem immediately I thought of is you're making trash. Do you just go for it and make new trash? Do you have clothed trash? Do you have trash with the gimmick where her clothes come off? like King Hiss. And then you have <laughs> zombie trash. You know, there's also... Um, you know, I, I also, think... Also, it's streaming on HBO Max if you're really feeling like you gotta watch it. Um, I think it's a... It's such an amazing movie. Topless trash would be an unquestionable seller. Oh, yeah. Um, but you I can have... I think people would be almost disappointed if there weren't a topless trash. I agree. Um, But also if you do new trash, she could be featureless because she had those Barbie doll aesthetics. But then if you're going to make zombie trash, she's got to be nude with the extended jaw. Um, Same thing with Freddy. You could have regular Freddy, zombie Freddy. You could do regular Frank, zombie Frank. Um, the only one of all the characters that I wasn't really sure about was Scuzz, 
because Brian Peck has been outed as a dirty kid diddler piece of crap. Yep. And the only way I could kind of see it as an acceptable thing is if you had the split zombie eating his brains, you have a dead scuzz. Oh, I really you know like what I mean? that. I really like the option of like still having him, but uh, being dead. Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> pardon my French, Brian Peck. He doesn't yeah. deserve think... to get a toy. And the fact that he kind of still sneaks around and pops up in conventions. No, you don't get And that. I think it could also, you know, granted, if we're talking a line that would likely be a three and three fourth inch retro line where likeness of wasn't course. necessarily an issue, but uh, I would also say make sure it looks nothing like him. So it's right. just a figure of the character. Generic yeah. punk rocker with a mohawk. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe call him Skaz. Or scum. <laughs> yeah. Oh, scat. yeah, scum. Uh, chomo. Whatever. <laughs> if you've ever wanted to buy a child molester toy that gets killed, you could totally have that. Um, there has been lots of Tarman toys, but you could also kind of go the route that he can come out of the barrel this time. Uh, yeah. There's always fun variations on Tarman. Like Endless I said, this, yeah, the split zombie. You could actually make the split dog as its own thing. Um, something I noticed I've never caught before watching it this time. Uh, the scene where Frank is talking to Freddy. And he's like, you want to go in the basement and look at the corpses? Uh, <laughs> on the back wall, there's posters of other split animals. There's like a split chicken. Yep. Which always cracks me up. Um, you could have the zombies from the poster. Which <sighs> are kind of iconic. They've had some masks. Yeah. But if you're really like, you're trying to... Like, if you've got 12 on one side, you need 12 on the other. You've got those guys. Uh, you could do the send more paramedic zombie. Um, but, you, could, you know, I'm not forgetting Bert and Ernie, Tina. Mm-hmm. You gotta have spider. spider. Good God, you have to have spider. I mean, if you're going to cut any of the pucks out, you can maybe get rid of Jules Shepard and Chuck because they don't really do anything. They're more of a, they just react to what's going on. True, but, but, if but Chuck gonna... is that 80s ska kid. <laughs> yeah, also that's true. true. Like, that's, it's just, you kind of need that in the group of weird looking gutter punks. You got that one ska kid. He's always out of place for me. So is Tina. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, uh, I'm trying to think of other stuff I was thinking of when I was watching it. Do you make the Colonel? You know, does he deserve his own toy, like complaining about dinner to his wife, (laughs) his lamb chops? I I had meatloaf for lunch. Do you make that? I mean, this one doesn't need it, but I always I quote him every time he comes on the screen. The the younger sergeant where he's like, Archimedes, rhubarb, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Just cracks me up. I used to that actually used to be a thing between me and my friends. We would all yell Archimedes, Niner, rhubarb, hot dog. Or hot dog rhubarb, that's what it was. And then, you know, if you're really, you're going for broke on this, you know, if you have, like, your own independent toy company out of Austin, Texas, um, do you squeeze one final one that's not in the movie, but do you make Julie? Ah. To kind of round it out? 
because there's really nothing iconic in the second movie, which is definitely grown on me. But I can't think of a single character where it's like, I want that toy because I like Frank and Freddy and you're going to get them in the first movie. Right. You know what I mean? Just a thought. But I mean, for me, uh, screwdriver head, the decapitated uh, head, yeah. the pinhead zombie that gets the crowbar to his skull, worm face lady. Yeah, Michael Jackson zombie. But again, that was played by Brian Peck, so... Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh. yeah he, he's the only one from the original film that yeah, was in, in all three. three. Yeah. Um, well, there yeah. was little boys in the movie, so I guess it kind of makes sense that he was there. True. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make fun of him all I want. Um, <laughs> I, I, hey, I fully endorse that, and Return of the Living Dead is my all-time favorite film, so <laughs> screw that guy. So, Josh, what do you think? You think it's makes financial sense? I think I think it's totally doable, but I think it would have to be a limited run. Do you think yeah. people like, oh my god, I need Don Kefla? That's a <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, he does have those know. eyes. <laughs> yeah, he does. And like, do you give him two legs? Like one with the pant leg, one without the pant leg? <laughs> uh, well i mean that would be necessary um <laughs> i was just watching it like thinking of the like it would be like a, in my mind it was more of a kenner style um five inch and you know just the, like the car was just Ooh. the re the reused um neutrinos ninja turtle oh yeah suicide's car, car. yeah Definitely. suicide's car and oh, i remember God. do you guys remember the uh the i I don't know if it was Kenner or Mattel or someone else that the police Academy line. Oh, oh yeah. 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 That's Kenner. It, imagine, imagine if it were like the Kenner police Academy line where like they all had super weird, inappropriate action features, like <laughs> squeeze trashes legs together and she throws her arms up and her top falls off. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. See, now you would also have to have the, do you want a party play set where yes. it would be, like the Beetlejuice grave oh, yeah. where you pull a switch and the skeleton would pop up. Yeah. Like you'd, you'd have to have that. That would be like the centerpiece. You could have the, Hey, fuck you ball buster. Uh, talking suicide <laughs> figure with all of his amazing quotes. What do you think? This is a costume. It's a way of life. They have some respect for the dead. <laughs> I, you know, it's such a great moment in the movie when he dies, but like, at the point right before he dies, he's grown on me to the point where it's like you want him to be the hero. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, ah, oh, he's dead. Oh. <laughs> oh, but, but you know, so I think many Spider great ideas. Fills that role perfectly. But yeah, there's that like Cadillac and dinosaurs or like the neutrino car. It shoots missiles for no reason. You know. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It, it shoots road flares. Yes, yes, because yes, they yes. made they made the point to have like oh we got road flares <laughs> like uh, oh, all right this is what I want to say that I forgot I had a copy of a copy of a copy of Return of the Living Dead when I was a kid that I watched that wasn't the highest resolution and the scene where Suicide gets the box of road flares out of his trunk for the longest time I thought it was a cinder block on a chain <laughs> and then he swung it around and broke the lock into the cemetery. And I always equated that with that weird cinder block on a stick that Road Pig comes with. Yes. <laughs> so 
all I mean, if I just watched closely, I would have seen it. But it didn't. It wasn't until when it was out on DVD that I was like, oh, there are road flares. Right. But yeah, it's just a random thought about that movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I you know, love it. Maybe someday uh, after other projects are done, you might see something from Pikmin's vinyls. You might not. Because that tar man's perfect, and if you're going to end on a high note, that is definitely something I think doesn't need improvement, because I got six of them in my collection personally. Um, <laughs> so oh, why? Thank you. I'm more than happy with what's come out, but just saying if somebody had to be the first person to make a trash figure, it should be you, not Funko, or... Yes. I'm thinking this is something that like a muck time would probably put out in yeah. a yeah, really that wouldn't surprise me. toy. But um, I can also picture like a Walmart exclusive naked Linnea Quigley toy from <laughs> Return of the Dead and just be a pain in the ass to find because that's something they would absolutely do because they're crazy. <laughs> I'll be honest. If like if we're we're legitimately like pitching stuff from Return of the Living Dead. When you had mentioned the poster zombies, that would be like my my dream set for from Return because I already got Return, uh, I already got Tarmat. Like that was I told Josh when when he was doing that I'm like this is literally a childhood dream come true to have a three and three fourth inch Tarman. Um, so that's like yeah, check it off the bucket list. Like magic happened. I got that figure I always dreamt of having. But from the from the movie, um, I mean, there's obviously I would love everything we mentioned. But if it was, like, one thing I could pick from, it would have to be those poster zombies because I freaking love the artwork of those zombies. And I can picture almost like a, not even, I don't want to say a diorama, but similar where it's the two zombies and the gravestone, you know, like, in front of them. Like, that would just be amazing. That would be a cool as set. It really yes. would. I mean, of course, you could have, you know, the half guy coming up out of the grave with a spray can, too. But even if it was just... The male and female zombie, you know, like the two punks standing behind the grave. That would be an amazing setup. Yeah. Hmm. That would also <laughs> be a very good way to test the waters. This is and, true. you know, if you had to pick between the, the humans or the zombies, I think the zombies are more important. Oh, God. So if you, you're going to do, you got Tarman. You got the poster zombies. I'd say the split zombie is the only other, like, in trash. You get, it's like, get to them. Just get them done. Because yeah. that's awesome. But I'm sorry, Josh. You, you, hmm. could, you could do Yellow Man, but do him in in pieces and just wrap plastic around. Yes. <laughs> or put that in a blister card. As a gimmick have a build a yellow man figure <laughs> where oh that's, oh that's really funny <laughs> each person comes with wrapped in blast black plastic bags a chunk of yellow man <laughs> oh that's that amazing you get a head with somebody a torso an arm an arm a leg and a leg and build your own yellow man a la uh crash test dummy style <laughs> uh you know and you could get away with it because if you're doing the half corpse, you could include the torso with the half corpse. Yeah. So it would be like, you know, equivalent. That, <laughs> that would be fun. 
I got, I remember I sent you guys a text about this. I had so much backwards information about medical science from Return of Living Dead, including <laughs> hanging a body in a freezer with ice hooks by its ears through their ears. <laughs> and wait, wait, I got a comment. And that freezer, that was not a freezer. That was literally someone's rec room that they spray painted like foam on the wood paneling on the walls yeah. because it's like carpeted and has wood paneling. <laughs> But it's a freezer. <laughs> yeah. And they don't just put shower curtains over them and let them dangle. That's not how it works. <laughs> yep. Also, it's a medical supply company. Why do they have a live corpse? <laughs> What's that from? <laughs> oh, Return of the Living Dead. It's uh, it's such a w- ridiculous film, but God, I love it. One last uh, thing, and we'll, we'll an move away from Return of the Living Dead. You guys saw that clip that I sent of the surviving three characters from Day of the Dead as Hawaiian Island people or something. Yes. Coming back to something called Living Dead 2. Night of the Living Dead 2. So here's the catch. News has come out. The actor who plays um, Art, Art the Clown. Art, Art the Clown is a zombie in that movie where this movie takes place on an island and zombies are washing ashore um art the clown is playing one of the zombies the actor is a really good actor he's got like a nice thin build um works great for makeup anyways so apparently they got the day of the dead three to come back and do something i'm like okay they announced this as a sequel to not a living dead i type in not a living dead too but john russo already jumped on that for his sequel based on his book version of Return of the Living Dead, which is essentially the Night of the Living Dead special edition 30th anniversary that came out with the preacher character added in, all this weird like cult mumbo-jumbo. Mm-hmm. Apparently he's trying to get that off of the ground, which I can promise you with 100% certainty, it's going to suck. Oh, Horrible yeah. movie. It's yeah. not going to be funny. It's going to be a massive waste of your time. These guys are doing the Living Dead Part Two, which is because Night of the Living Dead is public domain. It's their sequel. I can only hope that it has some sort of weird connection to the Stephen King short story set in the Night of the Living Dead universe that was a part of a short story collection that came back out again. You can still find it at Barnes and Noble about people affected by the Night of the Living Dead outbreak, but it's been delayed because they're on an island. Yeah, but it also has a lot of nods to survival of the dead. The last Romero movie that took place on an island with Hatfields and McCoys. That's it. That was John Russo's weird connection to Return of the Dead. It popped in my head. (laughs) Right. Because like it or not, he was a producer on Return of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. Well, and I do like how they basically just because he he pitched the script and they were like no we're going to just use Dan O'Bannon's. Yeah. <laughs> like and they, they were like no Dan O'Bannon is directing and writing this. Um but I was going to say with with Dave, uh, David Howard Thornton the guy who plays uh he's you know the shark bait or shark bite zombie in yep. this and he plays Art the Clown. Dude is super nice. Um I met him a couple years ago at Para Horror which I'm really hoping the people who threw that convention can find a new way to bring that convention back because it's a paranormal and horror collectibles convention in Buffalo. And it was just a lot of fun. All the people 
that I met at that show, like other people selling wares and people who run the show. Everyone was nice. Um, but he was there. And it's funny because like the, the way that the show ran was they would have paranormal tours during the convention hours. So the show floor would be bumping for like hours on end. And then a bunch of people would leave the show floor to go and do the tour of the building. Um, so we'd be kind of quiet for a little while. And a lot of the celebrities would wander around and look at other people's, you know, wares and whatnot. And he actually wandered up to, to mine and Tara's table. And, um, immediately I was like, holy crap, it's Art the Clown, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> it, he was super nice. He was like really digging on Tara's artwork. And then he saw that I had a drawing of Art the Clown and he was like, oh, <laughs> so I gave it to him. I'm like, dude, here. And he posed for a picture with it. And then he come running back a few minutes later. He had grabbed one of his art headshots and signed it and handed it. He was like, you know, trade. And he gave it to me. He was a super nice guy. Um, but it's funny. Like, if you talk to him and then watch Terrifier, it's like, that's the same dude? <laughs> like, because yeah. Terrifier's messed up. He put the makeup on at Scarecon, and he's two entirely different people. Yes. So... He is a super awesome person. And I'm glad you mentioned David Allen Thornton because it can segue perfectly into our next segment. The second item items in the giveaway for this month or chunk of four episodes, because it's going to be like part of July and part of June. Hey, David David Allen Thornton, Art the Clown, enamel pin and a collection of stickers that I will choose when the episode uh, is published, and I'll put them out there. So now you get a Friday the 13th Part 4 VHS tape and a really cool Art the Clown enamel pin to put on your hoodie, put on your backpack, put on your bra. I don't really know where people put pins other than cork boards. When I was a kid, I used to put them on a hat, and it made my hat very heavy, and it gave me migraine headaches, but I refused to take the hat off. Because I thought it looked cool. And it did. Now we are going to do our toy wish this week. And a visit to our very, very special friend. Manglore the Merciless. Manglore the Magnificent. Manglore the Head in a Box. Mike, it's your wish this week. Oh. Is Manglore there? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Hey, I finally get a toy wish. Uh, what? <laughs> I would like a uh, his tank crossover with Transformers. So a GI Joe his tank that turns into a Cobra bat. Wait, 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 wait! wait. You think I'm stupid? <laughs> look, look, look at my face. You see my face? You see my squishy face? You see this right here with your eyeballs, your beady eyes, your black. Snake eyes. Look, I mean, they're not that beady. Did, didn't, didn't they do that already? As a botcon thing? Or am I, am I misremembering? They they did a G.I. Joe his tank painted like a, a Decepticon. But I want an actual Transformers crossover like the Ecto-1, the uh, Back to the Future DeLorean that turns into a robot. But I want the robot to be modeled after the bat. How about a purple Cobra bat, and we call it a day? Okay, that works. Did they already make that? Are you just wasting my time? Uh, 
you, you, you know what I, you know what I wish for? I didn't wish you know what my wishes. What's that? Our fucking time back. Oh, because you've wasted it. You've taken it, you've crumpled it in little balls, and you've thrown it in the garbage. But time, it's gone. It's currency. Got rid of it. But if you if you have to have your wish, I don't know why Hasbro hasn't done this yet. It's a layup. You know, absolutely. All those GI Joe vehicles, and they and they do a plane a long time ago, a Cobra plane, and it turned into a Transformer bot thing, Golbot, little one. What's I the, think it the, was a rat, a rattler. The, yeah, that thing. Third plane, man, baby toy, whatever. I guess you could do with his tank, but only if you could put a guy inside of it. Because what's the point? That's something Cobra would do: is have his tank transform into a robot and crush the guy inside. And you know, learn learn by doing. Kill some of those poor Cobra troopers. But I hear Cobra's got good medical, so. Yeah, their family will be covered. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll forward it along to Hasbro, and then you can pay them $80 for the rights to buy this whole thing. It'll sell out before you have a chance to get it. Aftermarket, here I come. But, you know, first you have to buy a repainted dinosaur Megatron with a really stupid-looking Jeep. Well, <laughs> and a Back to Future DeLorean, and I'm sure that there's, like, Top Gun... That already came out, didn't it? Yes. Crap. One of the stupid Fast and the Furious has a baby with Transformers, and it's all about family and inbreeding, and it's a Transformer. You get through those first, and maybe, if you're lucky. Man. All right. Well, thank I, you, Mangler. Yeah. You're welcome. You want some candy? Of course. You don't get candy. It's not Halloween. Oh. Okay, you know that that is a good idea. Like, like, like <laughs> I, a full size his tank that would turn into like that'd be really cool. I, well, okay, that, that was amazing. I would absolutely love. Uh, I mean, me and Josh have talked about this before. I would adore if they were able to do a full size, like three and three fourth inch scale, you know, transforming vehicles. And I know that originally was planned at one time. They had um, it was like the GI Joe troop carrier. And it was going to be a very basic transformer, and it just never came out because the, it was going to cost too much. Um, but even if it wasn't the full three and three fourth inch size, if they just did like the Ecto one and the DeLorean and you know the Top Gun, I forget what the the actual jet was called. Um, but and like what they're doing with Jurassic Park, if they were to just do that as like even if it was like a Pulsar or San Diego Comic Con exclusive, where it was a black his tank. That transformed into a robot, but the robot's head and like hands and stuff were modeled after the Cobra bat. So it's like the the cannon, the kibble that's always on their back. The cannon could kind of look like the the bat's backpack. And then if you had like just the silver hands or a silver claw for one of the hands, and then uh you know the bat face plate. I think that would you be know, an amazing toy. To be honest, I think I would want the his tank driver head. I mean, I'd buy oh. the shit either way. And yeah. I would like the Cobra Bat to be a bat, but have the changeable <laughs> hand gimmick. Yes. Um, regardless of that, I mean, 
Transformers isn't my area of expertise, but I had the 25th go around with GI Joes. I had the regular his tank, the blau, the red his tank, and the white his tank, the Arctic his tank. Yeah. And all three of those looked great, kind of lined up. And when I was a kid, I had the his tank three, the Toxo his tank that had like oh yeah, work on top of it. Yeah, the uh, Eco Force. Um, uh, yeah. The cesspool, Toxo Viper, all them, yeah. Love that. Mine, his, the, the His Tank 2 is one of my all-time favorite toys. Um, it's, I mean, it, it's going into garish color territory, G.I. Joe. It's like right before they kind of went in all neon. It was the kind of like, kind of a blue-gray color with the red windshield um, and the like huge oversized red cannon. But it could fit uh, two drivers up front, and it came with Track Viper, which I absolutely loved. He's one of my favorite G.I. Joes. The way the the cockpit worked is, like, it opened like a jaw, so it dropped down below, and you could take the figures out. And it had a troop carrier in the back that you could fit, like, six figures. Plus, you could still have a guy manning the cannon. Like, that was one of my favorite toys. I loved that thing. That was always, like, how my guys, like, my good guys, how they ended up escaping was stealing his tanks. You know, and I'm looking at Track Viper now. He's such a great toy. Oh, he's amazing. I love you just, know, like, those space guys that the G.I. Joe's made with, like, a huge visor. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I love you know, those ones. They were so ridiculous. Because they didn't really want to sculpt anything, you know, so you just had a cool-looking helmet. Yeah. Um, those were always awesome to me. You know Those what? Were my favorites. You know what, Joe? Thing I absolutely adored that still fell into the uh, the weird neon era, but was amazing. Mm. What's that? The Toxo Lab. Oh, oh man. God! What a perfect, man. perfect lab to dunk villains into a vat of chemicals. Mm-hmm. The Toxo Lab cesspool. Even the Eco Fighters line. Those are great figures. Oh, yeah. Dude, half of the neon stuff, like, I I still loved a lot of it. Like, I, I loved the ridiculous eco-fighter, or eco-warriors. I loved the, um, whatchamacallit, the uh, Star Brigade, the big bulky suited, like, robot guys. Oh, um, God, those were fun. The Mega Marines. Yeah. Where Man, they had the- you know what I, did you ever get the big mech that came I with ne- Hawk? I never did. I always loved no. it, though. Or was there a roadblock? It was Hawk. I, it was Hawk. I remember yeah. seeing it like, remember the store Odds and Ends? Mm-hmm. Which was like, was it Odds and Ends? Yeah, it was like a Big Lots or like an Ali's Bargain Outlet or whatever. I remember seeing it there and it was cheaper, but it still wasn't enough for me to like afford it as a kid. And I just remember thinking like, wow, this thing's got to be really cool to play with. And I never, because it was just, it was like a wind up walker where you yeah. put the guy in the helmet. But I was at that time obsessed with the movie Robot Jocks. in my mind i was like oh that's cool but then i was also like there's not a there's nothing for it to fight yeah so it has to be like this has to be the bad guy robot that's going to kill all the good guys and i just ended up not getting it see by that time my my parents had kind of put a uh a moratorium on large vehicles they were like you have you know you have too many you'd have to get rid of some if you want them and i had just got the uh the earthquake um, about a year or two before that that robot came out, and I don't know if you guys remember the earthquake. I mean, it's it's ridiculous neon. It's like 
neon green, purple, yellow, and red. But it's a big-ass bulldozer, like a Cobra bulldozer, um, that has a handle on it, so you can actually operate the, the front section of it. Um, but it's trailing a uh, a mortar launcher behind it. It's got, like, a little clip-on trailer. And these these things worked amazing. They were, like, little green missiles. You would click in a red pin and drop it down the mortar tube. And when it would hit the bottom, these things would launch. And they'd launch far. And they weren't, like, the cheap little flimsy missiles. These things could put an eye out. Like, they were heavy. That sounds amazing. Oh, my God. Me and I'm my looking brother. at it now. Oh, it's man. So it's like, fun. it goes with the, the Cobra Bat 2. Mm-hmm. Wow, this thing is awesome. And it's huge, but it didn't come with a driver. No. But we, we always had Overlord. Uh, or no, Was it over? No, Overkill. Overkill with yeah. Pilot, with the Bat Leader. And um, But me and my brother, we would set up, like, on our dresser, we'd set up different Joes, like, you know, like, shooting at the uh, the earthquake, or the, yeah, the earthquake, and we would drop the um, the mortars in and try to knock them over. <laughs> but this is, like, such a good, like, zombie maintenance vehicle. Yes. I'm looking at, so I just Googled, you know, the image, and it brought up, oh, I lost it, a Cobra Ninja Force vehicle that oh here it is the battle axe yes so, i love that thing <laughs> it's essentially a riding lawnmower yes <laughs> it comes with red ninja who is a repainted slicer dice i can't remember which one uh, it's it was slice. dice 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 yeah with dice was the purple Shang- guy shanghai slice action yes. <laughs> oh gi joe Never the Joes, the Joes had the same thing only it's uh instead of an axe on the end it was a hammer and it came with a repainted <laughs> version of the uh, Ninja Force Storm Shadow. He had like an orange mouth guard and like he was all uh, white and blue. I'm looking at it now, which got repainted in the 25th line as a Dollar General exclusive. Yep, That's I have him. That from. <laughs> and his name is Jinzu. Yep. But I will say with those, that was really, those were really fun, again, to set up figures and like lock the position or lock the axe in place. And roll it at him and see if you could time it right to have the axe swing around and chop everybody down. <laughs> yeah, this thing just looks freaking awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was dumb, but it was fun. Man. Yeah, I stopped buying vehicles around that time, but that is a sweet ride. Are you guys ready for a commercial break? A word from our sponsors. We will be back in a minute and we are going to start up what is hopefully going to be an amazing advanced Dungeons and Dragons discussion. So now a word from Uncle Herzog and his moment of inspiration. Oh, look, it's one chicken. Bigger than your average bird. More flavorful than ever before. Able to feed large families in a single bag. Yes, it's Wonder Chicken. Wonder Chicken came with size and flavor far beyond those of ordinary roasters. Wonder Chicken, hand rubbed with delicious herbs and spices, roasted rotisserie style, and amazing flavor. Wonder Chicken, the most wonderful chicken available on the market. Not to be confused with honey-baked ham made by your local bees. 
Now remember, the bees are mad. They're mad at you because you have never gone up to a bee and said, hey, you, bee, thank you for inspiring the great taste of honey-baked ham. No, you haven't. Whatever. You love it. You enjoy it. But you never thank the bees. And you wonder why they sting you. I know I had... Wait, let me rephrase this. Have we all played Dungeons and Dragons at some point? Oh, yeah. Yes. When's the last time you played, guys? God, Not a role-playing game. Actual, like, you're in somebody's basement. You're eating chips. You're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Well, I did a towards towards the beginning blah, beginning of the pandemic. I was playing uh, a little bit of D and D as a podcast format. So it was you know it was an RPG, but it was a D and D game. Uh, but of okay. course, we had to do it over Skype because it was the pandemic. Uh, so I did I probably about a year ago. For me, it's been a lot longer. I think it was around 2009 was the last time I played. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm at about five or six years ago. Um, I had a friend who was like, hey, me and my friends get together and we play Dungeons and Dragons. You want to try it out? Um, but this was also, I had just become a father. Mm-hmm. So uh, my friend and his wife were like, we noticed you're stressed out. Being a father's tough. Maybe you can take like one day a week and have you time and play Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, the problem was like you constantly had to spend a ton of time setting up. And yes, I got to play Dungeons and Dragons, but I didn't have the time to really devote to it to play it correctly. Right. Because if you're going to do Dungeons and Dragons correctly, you need like five hours at least. Oh, and yeah. I had 90 minutes. Because I had to go back home and get my newborn daughter to bed. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't the kind of guy that would be like, tell my wife, like, no, you take care of it. I'm fine. I'm not changing diapers tonight. Yeah. You know, you feed her. I'm going to go do manly stuff and play Dungeons and Dragons. I just couldn't do it. Uh, yeah. So it fell apart pretty quickly. And I haven't played since. Um, I've got like, I've still got my book and my dice. I'm looking at them right now. But I just haven't played. Um, having said that, back in the 80s, there was one hell of a craze with uh, Dungeons and & Dragons and a pretty awesome cartoon that kind of led to a toy line that we are all big fans of for many reasons. Uh, the monsters, the play sets, the really cool character archetypes of elves and dwarfs and uh Strongheart, the knight with a huge mustache, and <laughs> uh, in my opinion, the coolest character, Warduke. Maybe I'm wrong. I think Warduke is the line favorite. Yeah, and he, I I know I'm going to be odd man out here. I don't get me wrong, I love Warduke, but he's not my favorite. You love the dwarf, right? I I have two, uh, Elkhorn the Dwarf and Grimsw- uh, Grimsword, the evil knight that came out a little bit later. I think he was wave two. Yeah, he's um, really cool. With the snake armor and the he had the he was with the battle matic figures where he had a little like um, 
I forget. It, it was. It wasn't quite a sheath, but it was like you could kind of hold his mace on this little peg on his side. But when you took the mace off, you could push the peg in, and he had a feature where he would swing the mace in his one arm. Like his whole waist would turn. He would spin. Was that so. the one that I found that I sent you? Ah uh, no, the mace you found was actually from the uh, the I think the ogre king. Uh, let me see. Okay. Here. Pretty sure I'm remembering this correct. Yes, the the ogre king because uh, there was the North Lord, uh, which was the male titan, um, who was like all in blue with the he had like a sword and a shield and I think a spear. Then there was the ogre king, uh, who was the other big guy, and he had that mace. Love that toy line. Uh, more importantly. I've said this before, and I'll kind of stick by it. I think the Fortress of Fangs, pound for pound, is the greatest 80s playset of all time. The- you know, I can't, <clears throat> I can't really argue that because it's a giant dragon mouth fortress. Yeah. The only thing it didn't have that the other playsets always had was that it was it didn't double as a carrying case. Mm-hmm. You could still stuff your guys in it, just pick it up and carry it which is what I did. Um, but it has all the bells and whistles. So if you've never seen this before, we'll kind of do some visual theater. It's a giant dragon or snake head type of thing. It's two stories. There's treasure surrounded by lava and snake fangs in the lower level. There, The upper level has a gargoyle, a spike trap, uh, a pit with a slide that'll drop you into lava. Uh, rusty gates, an axe that could fall and cut you. It had rooms. Uh, it was everything and then some, in, in my opinion. It was really cool. It was an adventure all in this one playset. You didn't really need much of an imagination to kind of have fun with it. You could, you had a hundred different ways to kill your guys. You had the treasure they had to find at the end, and it just looked really cool. It stuck out. From the other playsets of the day, it was this uh, pea green, almost like a military green. Mm-hmm. It's really just a great playset. I had it as a kid, lost it, found it again years later, and I had a pretty sizable collection of the figures that I decided that I wasn't going to keep because I wasn't going to go track down the other ones, and I sold them. Um. But I regret it now because I would have just given him the mic because he loves him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> See, I, so I had a good handful of figures that I don't think I ever, and monsters too, that I don't think I ever knew growing up were from the AD&D line. But I absolutely adored them. Uh, well, I know I had uh, Grimsword that I don't think yep. I knew until today wasn't was an AD&D figure because I looked him up as you guys were talking about him and now it's like oh yeah yeah I totally had that guy uh, I knew I had Warduke I knew he was uh, an AD&D figure uh, I definitely knew Tiamat was I had a lot of the monsters and they kind of cross pollinated into my He-Man stuff yep. and I didn't necessarily know where they came from but I loved them so I had the swamp monster that sort of looks like man thing the shambling uh, mound <laughs> yeah the yeah. shambling mound which was solid rubber so it was like uh the wrestlers from back then too it had that same makeup um 
And shout out to Maurice Killifer, who is a big Man Thing fan, I believe. Yes. <laughs> but I had that. I had the Hook Horror, which mm-hmm. was like a legit figure of a weird. It looks like Gigan mm-hmm. uh, would be what I could compare it to of this weird chicken monster with hook for hands, hooks for hands. Um, and all the dragons, you could take it or leave it with any of the 80s lines to team at. There was um, a really cool horse. There were like goblins, trolls. There was a whole separate subset of like smaller, just rubber figures that were supposed to play with your actual right. action figures. So there's a ton of those. There's bendies. I had the chimera. Yep. That would not really. I mean, all the bendies back then didn't really do what they were supposed to, but it looked cool. Um, Actually, and of course, all, all the bendies except one. <laughs> yeah, those were. Good, those were, I had the fire monster. I had oh, that's my favorite. The Knowles, the G N O O L. I've never been able to pronounce <clears> it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, my one of my favorites. I think I might have him somewhere still. Is the thief who is like a little goblin troll oh, guy. Uh, Zarek, the uh, he was a half orc assassin. Oh yeah, I was totally gonna say that. Sorry, like I said, I loved this toy line. (laughs) No, man, it's your baby. Uh, My only complaint about it, as a kid I never liked it, is all the heroes, like the traditional I'm the Knight Strongheart, looked like putzes. They had like these (laughs) big mustaches. Uh, There was the Crusader, the White Knight, Mm -hmm. who was like in a ton of armor and it looked clunky and dumb. Yeah, I, I don't think fun. I had a single hero. I, I had more I had, fun with the the elf and the uh, dwarf. Yep, were better figures. The dwarf was always like my hero when I was when I was playing with these. Uh, my yeah. brother had this this elf is the stupidest name. I'm sorry, but Melf the elf. He's a male elf, so his name is Melf. Oh, um, he's a elf. An elf you'd like. <laughs> apparently Elf. that's um, right i just invented that <laughs> but my my brother got him and i got uh um elkhorn the, the dwarf and uh those were always like our two heroes eventually i got Strongheart, and he got war duke um but yeah i i think the way ljn did this line even though it didn't really tie into the cartoon i mean it, it's i know there's a whole legal thing where it was like the the toy line started first and then there was the they did the show so that's why we never got the heroes or the villains from the show but there was some cross pollination where like original characters that were created for the LJN line like Strongheart and Warduke showed up in the show later on um but I thought what LJN did here was was really smart because they gave us regular 3 and 3/4 inch action figures some of which had you know like action features and stuff but to to fill out the, your your adventures, they gave us a cheap subset of solid PVC rubber figures and monsters. So, like, you know, you didn't have to buy a bunch of action figures to have this adventure. You could have, like, two figures and then ask your mom to buy you, like, the three-pack of frogmen or, you know, get, like, the shambling mound with the treasure uh, or the, the was it the Umber Hulk like with the tre- it also came with a treasure, um, and and I loved that because I had so many of the big PVC monsters, 
And again, I would just go on these little adventures and they'd have to fight all these different monsters to eventually get to War Duke or Grim Sword and, you know, and then get the treasure from them. But my God, I had so many of them. Like there was the heroic men at arms, which that was the other thing, your fodder characters. So like every toy line had the grunt, <laughs> you know, like G.I. Joe had the grunt or the viper. This line, they gave you, you know, static posed knights or dwarves or whatever. So you could have like armies backing up your good guy. And of course they would get killed because <laughs> they were the fodder, but it really fleshed out the line. And then you had the big bendy monsters, um, which some of those were really cool. Like the, uh, was it the carrion crawler, which was just a giant centipede. That thing was oh, awesome. I love that thing. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. And then there was the weird, I forget what it's called. Um, cause we used to just call it the brain monster, but it was, like, yep. uh, I know yeah. exactly what one you mean as I'm trying to find it here. It is the deadly grell. Uh, yeah, it was like a brain with tentacles, <laughs> but it had a mouth underneath. We, we freaking loved that one. Um, but yeah, then they had, like you said, Tiamat, the hook horror where it was a actual articulated monster, but those were a little more expensive. So very, we had very few, we only had the hooked horror, but, um, and we didn't have any of the, you know, the steeds, but we had almost every one of the static posed monsters, the bendies and a bunch of the figures, plus the Fortress of Fangs, um, which unfortunately mine broke pretty quickly from all of the heavy play that thing got. The ladder broke, the trapdoor broke. <laughs> like, yeah, I lost a lot of the fangs. Yeah. My Fortress of Fangs was the Fortress of Gums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know where I got, I had a lot of the, remember going to like drugstores when you were a kid and they had the Imperial, like hard plastic dragons that were supposed to, they came with a saddle. Oh yeah. And you could put anything on them. I think they were Imperial. They could be any company. Oh, I had a lot of those and those were like my D and D dragons. Looking back, they're a lot cooler than the ones that came out that were official yeah. Um, I had like a two-headed dragon with a saddle that and got a lot of play. They fit He-Man figures perfectly. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. Galaxy Warriors and all those guys. And I always loved, before I forget this, I don't know what came first, Warduke or Beastmaster. But I always thought the big bad in Beastmaster that wasn't ripped torn looked just like Warduke. Oh, yeah. Uh, Beastmaster doesn't get a lot of love, but it was one of my go-tos as a kid for sword and sorcerer movies. Cause there wasn't a lot of them. Right. Um, he fights this guy who's half leather. He's got a batwing helmet. There's mm-hmm. comparisons you can kind of make to war Duke, but I think that was also on like a hundred different metal album covers and stuff back in the day too. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I'm not going to say that one came before the other or anything like that, but, um, very cool. Side note on Beastmaster. Uh, yeah. There was a section in that film that was one of those moments where I, I it stuck in my brain from childhood, but I could not remember what film it was from. And I haven't seen Beastmaster again since I was a little kid. And uh, it was driving me crazy because I'm like, did I hallucinate this? Is it actually a scene? I could picture this bat winged creature. Oh, like, yeah. Grabbing somebody and like them, like bones and slime falling out from the wings. 
And I'm like, what movie is this? And it took me forever to freaking find it. But yeah, the, the creatures from Beastmaster. I completely forgot about those things. I when I was a kid, I called them the shower curtain monsters. Yeah. Because they would <laughs> they would swoop down and they would hug you and they would jiggle. And yes. then you would melt and turn into bones. And then spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Beastmaster, uh, at the end they become good guys and help out Dar, the Beastmaster, with yep. his his you know, his companions and his pet ferrets, Kodo and Poto. Uh, one yeah. of them dies. They have babies. Anyways, um, <laughs> as a nerd, if you ever have pet ferrets and you don't name them Kodo and Poto, I will come to your house personally and slap you. <laughs> um, Anyways. But yeah, D&D, great yeah. line. Mike, any closing thoughts? Because I know D&D is your baby. Um, it, it, it's it's one of those toy lines that I have a lot of fond memories from. Um, it, very specifically with the Fortress of Fangs, I can remember in in my old living room, my old house in Niagara Falls, growing up, we would set up the Fortress of Fangs kind of behind my dad's chair, and we had to go like under the end table, like that was the cave that led to the Fortress of Fangs, and of course there was always monsters and stuff in there. And like so, the fortress was the the end like the end game where they had to get to, and we would populate it with all the treasures from the other figures, like the crystal ball that came with the the fire elemental, the magic tome that came with the ogre, uh, the treasure from the shambling mound, all that. And it was just it's one of those toy lines I very fondly remember playing uh, playing with with my brother and um, a couple of my friends. Like a lot of my friends weren't as into it as we were. Like I loved swords and sorcery as a kid. And um, I mixed in my He-Man figures all the time. Like, Beastman made a lot of appearances in my Dungeons & Dragons play because it was just, hey, big ogre guy. <laughs> you know, Same thing with Mossman. You know, he was usually with the Shambling Mound. But, um, yeah, I, I wish that they would do more with it. Like, I would love to see Super 7 do, like, you know, War Duke. And, Don't say know. that too loud. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I just, I would love to see these figures come back in some way, shape, or form. Well, you know, Hasbro, if they ever feel like it, they're the ones. Yeah. So that is our look at Dungeons & Dragons. Um, Who knows what we go to next week. We'll have to have a discussion with Josh, and uh, it's his turn to pick out the line, maybe. Whoever... Whoever wins, you win. The listeners at home, all 30 of you. Um, we're going to do one last commercial from Mr. Herzog, and then we're going to go into our Hall of Fame segment and then wrap things up. So please enjoy a word from our sponsor. Do you have extra pennies cluttering your pockets, dresser drawers, or glass jars? Why not put them to good use? Pennies for the Displaced Children of the Corn is a regional program that uses these unwanted coins to help the children that no longer want to eat their vegetables and have been displaced by he who walks behind the rows. Drop your spare change into specially marked containers located in over 3,500 businesses Throughout the Stephen King world, every penny goes directly to the children of the corn. It helps them not be homeless 
It helps them eat their corn. Children of the corn is an affiliate of the resources of the Human Health Department of Minnesota. Oh, Lord. Okay. They don't want to eat the corn anymore. They've decided they only want to eat candy and soda and potato chips. <laughs> they would much rather spend time poking on their tablets than killing the adults. And this is not acceptable for the children of the corn because they're strange little albino abomination bastards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm keeping all this in. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Toy Hall of Fame from last week. Live results right now. In a first, we have drum roll. So what tied at seven votes each is the Masters of the Universe Slime Pit and Muckman. Woohoo! Both garnered seven votes from our lovely listeners. So instead of some sort of tiebreaker or anything like that, they both go in. Who cares? Heck yeah. Uh, not as popular is the Queen High playset, but I think that's because there were two other heavy hitters in there, kind of sucking the air out of the room with uh, the Slime Pit and Muckman. Muckman was winning for a long time, and then Slime Pit got a few more votes uh, last minute, which I think was just people kind of coming off working, or not working, coming off vacation and uh, voted. So there you go. This week's winners, Muckman and the Slime Pit. I don't have a good Muckman to take a picture of, but I'm going to get one and put him in the slime pit for the Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, yeah. Sure. Mine is missing all the accessories in the top of his head, so I want to make sure he's got at least the garbage can Joe eyeball and the top of his head. Do you guys have your nominees for this week? Uh, Sir Mike? Yes, indeed. You, do you want me to go first, or? Yes, I'll let it. you go first. All right. Well, keeping in in uh, theme with our Dungeons and Dragons discussion, um, even though he is not my favorite of the line, he's definitely an amazing figure, and I think most kids in the '80s had him. Uh, I'm gonna go with War Duke. Ooh, that's a tough to beat. Definitely. Uh, Josh, do you have something you can beat? War Duke. I I think I do. I think I do because I'm going with a real, real heavy hitter. Okay. G1 Soundwave. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Is that a monster toy? I mean, it is. It's. It is a household object that turns into a murderous robot. I would say killer robot. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Like if it were if it were one of the Autobots, I would I would give it to you and I'd say no. But because so many of the Decepticons were made from weird transforming like object toys and not necessarily vehicles, it was very much a that cassette player could kill you. Ah! Yeah, I mean, if my stereo <laughs> as a kid. If my Weird Al tape turned into a vulture and tried to kill me, that's pretty terrifying. So I guess what, you're right. 
Wasn't that the uh, plot line of the movie Pulse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, Pulse. All the, all the, it's the electricity makes all the household items go crazy and try to kill you. Yeah. Right. And there was, it's been forever. Wasn't there a scene with, I know somebody gets like shocked in electrical outlets and light switches, but mm-hmm. they have the very cheap garbage disposal gag, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember Pulse. So yeah, that's that is my nomination because Soundwave Superior, Autobots Inferior. <laughs> Mine's not gonna beat War Duke or Soundwave, but I'm gonna throw it out there anyways. Every kid had this in the '80s, and it's a horror toy, the plastic Freddy glove that everybody had for Halloween. Oh, oh. yes, I that's love my that. nomination. Uh, I was going to nominate an actual toy, but I'm going to keep it for later because I want it to win. I don't want it to get beat, <laughs> get beat by Soundwave and War Duke. <laughs> so I, I've got a pretty good one for next time too. I was so. going to say me too. I'm waiting for us to like end up doubling up, like for for us to be like, oh crap, that was my pick. Like I'm waiting. Well, for you that know what? If we do that, we can just unanimously push them through. There we go. And if for like. <laughs> Hey, I had Soundwave too. It just be like, well, there's no contest this week. He wins. <laughs> so I'm sure it's going to happen at some point. Um, can can but, we just yeah. take a moment to discuss how effed up and inappropriate it was that so many children in the 80s had Freddy Krueger collectibles or toys of some kind? Oh, God, yes. And, you know, <laughs> I wanted to be Freddy so bad every year. And... Freddy's stuff was the most expensive crap every Halloween. Yep. So I remember like, okay, let's get your Halloween costume picked out this year. What do you want to be? Like, I want to go to Spencer's Gifts, and I want to get the mask, <laughs> the hat, the sweater, and the official glove. Ignore the wall of penises in the corner. <laughs> right. So let's yeah. not go all the way back to the, the dildo section. And <laughs> every year my mom was like, you got Freddy at home, which was Lee Press on Nails. <laughs> a sweatshirt, a fedora from Salvation Army, and she'd smear red lipstick on my face. <laughs> so I remember actually getting the glove finally and just being the happiest kid in the world, but then just mixing it with other costumes. So I was oh, Freddie yeah. and Jason. I was Freddie and Michael Myers. You know, like it was just <laughs> you. You were the cover box for Sleepaway Camp too. Exactly. <laughs> What about Bruce Myers? Were you Bruce Myers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, see, now, I actually did get to dress up as Freddy one year uh, for Halloween, but my mom didn't buy me the official glove. She actually made, like, her, she, she handmade her own glove, and it was freaking amazing. It was just, like, one of my dad's work gloves, and she made, like, plastic blades. Like, I don't know what she cut up, but it was clearly she took something made out of plastic and chopped it up. But she spray painted them silver and like fitted them to the end of the the glove. She put like the um, it was, you know, obviously plastic, but the metal plate on the back of the glove, kind of like how he has. And then I had, a you know, an old fedora hat. She she painted green stripes on a long sleeve red shirt. And I did the face makeup. It was awesome. That is awesome. I could just your mom like in the garage with a welding helmet. (laughs) she's all sweaty there's a dead kid in the corner and she's like (laughs) making a glove for her son (laughs) oh man 
<laughs> I, I love the fact that me and my brother were able to convince my mom, who is like, again, I, I know you I know you haven't met her. I know, Josh, you've met her. She's like this sweet and innocent, like very religious, very Christian woman. And, and she has been my entire life. She's always she's one of the nicest human beings I know. And me and my brother convinced her to make so many disturbing effed up horror movie items for Halloween costumes. <laughs> like, I got her to make me severed limbs. <laughs> because this one year I was like, I made up this butcher character. And I had a backpack. And I, keep in mind, I went to Catholic school. I had a backpack of severed limbs just hanging out of it. And I had a bloody meat cleaver. <laughs> See, I don't know why our parents were, like, so okay with severed limbs in, in the time that we grew up. Because my my parents had, like, this big, very, I mean, okay, like, looking at it up close, it wasn't creepy. But in the right lighting on the porch for, like, a Halloween decoration, it was a big, giant spider. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I was a kid, they would always put, like, a giant spider web in the corner of the porch and the giant spider sort of hiding at the top of it. And as we got older, we, like, could make limbs and things to put in the spider web. Nice. Like it had eaten children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It's just like, yeah, sure, had... why not make dismembered limbs? Have fun. Remember in the 90s when plastic severed limbs got more affordable? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, in the 80s, those would be expensive, but, you know, you could get them at Kmart. In yeah. like the late '90s, so I had a, a pretty sizable collection from various places. I had like a severed head, a, f- a leg, a hand, a foot, and so picture me, my senior year of high school. I get the brilliant idea that I'm going to make a mobile with some chain and some coat hangers and hang body parts from it, and then I'm going to hang <laughs> that from the ceiling in my bedroom, and. <laughs> For the life of me, I couldn't connect the dots why I couldn't get girls to talk to me. So <laughs> I'm a creepy I'm a creepy introvert with like action figures and body parts hanging from his ceiling in his bedroom. My brother is an extrovert party animal with tons of friends that would be over at the house constantly partying. And girls would come over and he'd be like, You gotta meet my brother. He's so cool. And they go in my room and they'd be like, Uh, I have to go. and i'd always be like i don't get it i'm such a nice guy i don't understand (laughs) never once did i connect the dots that i had rubber body parts spinning above me while i slept at night (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing Uh, god bless my wife she's a saint so josh what's new in pikmin land well I have my vacuum chamber replacement parts up and running. They are up and running beautifully. So I'm just cranking through trying to get the Winslow Leech figure uh, cast and painted. So uh, I'm actually, they're all cast. Uh, they're all sanded. Now I'm just uh, doing all the final assembly and painting. So I should be able to get them out in the next few days here. Uh, after that, the Henrietta figure will go up for pre-order. And then the final figure of this wave is the Crypt Keeper. Uh, But there are lots of other little goodies I've been working on just uh, for fun and for practice. 
Uh, I know uh, if anyone listening to this is a follower of Pikmin's, they have seen that I did a McCready mini bust. Uh, the intent after a bit more work on that will be for it to fit on a mini bottle of J&B. So you can actually have McCready guarding your bottle of whiskey. Uh, I'm also working on an Orson Welles one. Uh, which just seemed appropriate to put on top of liquor because it's Orson Welles. Beautiful. Uh, so yeah, that's those are what's immediately on the docket, uh, and there there are some other other things, but they're, they're still secrets. <laughs> Mike, I am halfway through the Gremlins two episode, and I know you had some editing problems, but I'm enjoying it immensely. Oh, I'm glad because. I mean, it's it is appropriate that we had so many technical difficulties on an episode talking about gremlins, um, but it was by far one of the most trying episodes because of so many technical difficulties. Uh, but I'm glad we got through it. Uh, I, I was I was happy with the final product. Um, it is definitely a longer episode, so uh, you know, there's that. Next up, though, we are veering back into hard R territory. Uh, we've done four PG-13 movies in a row just because apparently most animal attack movies are PG-13. And um, that was our last topic of discussion. But we're we're coming back with The Devil's Rejects. That's going to be our next one. And uh, so we're going right from family-friendly living cartoon Gremlins to the new batch into <laughs> The Devil's Rejects. And uh, actually, the rest of the the selections for this month, I'm really excited about because The Devil's Rejects, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and Sleepaway Camp 2 on Happy Campers are three films I've been wanting to cover on this show for the longest time. I love all three of those movies. Sweet. Good times. Oh, and a quick sidebar. um, I counted it up. If you count our Patreon episodes and planned specials that we have for the rest of the year, on top of our normal four episodes a month, there is going to be an extra 15 episodes from now until the end of the year. <laughs> so it's going to wow. be a lot of Boogeyman's Closet happening. Start brewing that coffee, Mike. Oh, yeah. Buckle up. Your editing is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> OK, guys, we will be back next week with another action packed episode full of hijinks. And a uh, little girl telling you about all the horrible things she's going to do with her seashell bottles, probably. Um, But thank you for listening. And this is Michael May saying goodbye. See you.
ماهاها